Welcome to the Modern Yogi Podcast, an exploration of ancient wisdom. Hello, hello. Welcome back. We are on episode number 55. Thank you so much for tuning in. <laughs> we we switched the setting for this. You, I know you can't see us. Maybe you can see us on Instagram, but we're in, we are right along the Pacific Ocean right now. Yeah. So we're no longer in Priya's kitchen. <laughs> yes. We're we the beach behind we us. Temporarily moved to the beach. So shout out to the beach. <laughs> I feel like that's like when you guys laugh that I was giving shout outs to things that normally don't shout have shout out. Shout out to material nature. Yeah. Shout, shout out, out to the ocean. ocean. Shout out to the shout sky. Out. I was really trying to figure out where you were going with that one. And I was like, I would like to aid you, but I just don't know how. You know why sentences start out like that? Actually. I, I like that you started off like that because we, we were saying before going on air, we always get little butterflies before starting. And part of me sometimes thinks, will I even make sense what starts coming out of my mouth? But then I realize, ah, oh, we're so relaxed on this podcast that whatever. Shout out to Shamu's butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> More like pterodactyls, but we're good. Oh my goodness. Nice. Okay, so a quick recap on last episode. We talked about how the demigods are givers. They give wealth. Who is that? Goddess Lakshmi. And they give education. Goddess Saraswati. And they give <laughs> nice husbands removing obstacles. I'm sorry, who's that? Sorry, not nice husbands. Just they remove obstacles. Oh. <laughs> Right. Okay. So, but for our spiritual growth, which God or goddess is best to pray to? Krishna. 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 Kind of evil. I know. Actually, we should fix that. Krishna. 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 <laughs> we'll work on that. We'll, we'll work, work on that, that later. Yeah, yeah for sense. sure. For sure. So, so that's that was the whole recap of the last episode. We talk <laughs> about the demigods, and if you actually want to grow spiritually. Who do you want to connect to? It's Krishna. Right. Yeah. Because bigger picture, we're under chapter seven, which is all about knowledge of the absolute. It's knowledge all about of Krishna. Krishna. What is it about? Krishna's features, his qualities. Because you know what? To, we've always said to know someone is to love someone or vice versa. To love someone is to know someone. <laughs> so if we want to love someone, we have to know about them. So here Krishna is directly telling Arjuna what it is that's so elusive, so mysterious about him, where so many people don't know him. Out of millions and millions of people who tried to perfect their lives, only one in a million might really understand Krishna, if anything. So here he's telling Arjuna exactly what he wants him to know about himself. Mm-hmm. All right. And we are going to get started on chapter seven, text number 24. But before we do, the invocation ladies. <laughs> Om Jnana Timirandasya Jnananjana Shalakaya Shakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Translation, I was born in the darkest ignorance and my spiritual master opened my eyes with the torch of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances onto him. I just want to say I'm really proud I didn't burst out <clears throat> laughing because I'm really proud you of made you a face right before we started. And I looked at you right as you made the face and I thought, not today, giggles, not today. <laughs> good job, good oh, job. Question. Also, on the wisdom of the sages, they sometimes do the, the invocation 
And then they they say, I offer my respectful obeisances unto them. So they make it more gender neutral. Oh, say it yeah, again. Say, say the difference again. So they, they say, like, I was born in the darkest ignorance and my and my spiritual teacher opened my eyes with the torch of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances unto them. Oh, I love that. Mm. We would love to. Yes. Should we transition to them? Yeah. It's referring to the spiritual master. Yeah. Because yes. you know what's very cool. It could be a cool. man or woman. Yeah. And the path of bhakti, they made it so that women can also give initiation, accept disciples. So I think that's very cool about this path is so progressive because first of all, not only with regards to spiritual masters, but also divinity has the masculine and feminine form of divinity. So yes. it's just very progressive. So very nice. as of episode 55, it will now be them. Awesome. Beautiful. You know what we also said we were going to do? We what? were going to say who we are. Oh, oh, because oh, uh, people, <laughs> oh, wait, wait, so, <laughs> I should tell the story. So, yeah, tell the story, tell um, the story. So my uh, stepmother messaged me. She listens to the podcast. She loves the podcast. Um, shout out to Karen. What's up, Karen? What up, Karen? She told me that she's been listening to the podcast and it took her 18 episodes to realize that there was a third person on the podcast. <laughs> you know what? Some people might get confused because they hear Shama and then I'm Shamali. So, you know, they might think we're saying the same name when they're like, oh, Shama must be a shortened way of saying Shamali. So somehow people think there's only, some people have thought there's only two there's people. Bria and Shamali. I, I think we have very distinct That's voices, what we though. think. That's what I So thought. if you've been confused this whole time, this okay. is Priya Darshani. Wait, Priya, what did you eat for breakfast today? So now we we can we can what? hear Priya's voice. And we know what Priya sounds like. Oh, oh Priya. Um, uh, I had a chia seed pudding that we made last night. Uh, it had mangoes and blueberries. And See, this is Priya's voice, right? It sounds very <laughs> elegant. Like it's very Thank very you. beautiful. Nice. Okay, Shama, so, Shama, Shama. Shama. What do you have for? Why are Wait, we let's breakfast? Her, when we say Shama, she needs to speak oh, because hello. then everyone will be confused mm, yes, with our yes. voices. So Shama, share anything you want to share. Hello, my name is Shama. Stage name Asalal, just in case people will get confused <laughs> on Instagram. And stage what, name? Yeah, from stand-up comedy. That's right. Because, you know, I do stand-up comedy. That's why my voice sounds so different than Priya's. That's just <laughs> elegant. Mine sounds more cartoony. You've said that before. No, Japanese. it does not. You don't think my voice sounds more cartoony? I love it. Oh, my God. I love you, though. Oh, thank you. In a good <laughs> way. Your voice sounds humorous. <laughs> thank you. So for breakfast this morning, I had fiber cereal. I labeled it as adult cereal. <laughs> okay, I think, I think they understand who you are now. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I was about to go. <laughs> but you're right. Thanks for cutting me up. <laughs> All right. Now Shamali. Shamali. Hello, world. I am Shamali. This is me and this is my voice. What you did you have for breakfast that. this morning? Well, see, I prefer savory over sweet any day, no matter what meal it is. So for breakfast, I had this kale salad with like all sorts of veggies and beans. And that was my breakfast. Wow. Nice. We Very had really good. healthy breakfast. Look at us. us. Good job, guys. Or are we lying? Me? Oh, oh. so this is, he loves his name. No, he doesn't. Producer Lord Sir Abhijit. He's shaking his head. So. <laughs> this Who is are me. you? I'm sure you don't confuse my voice for anyone <laughs> And uh, I don't eat breakfast. That's oh. fact. Well, breakfast is <laughs> the most important meal of the day. But anyway, you probably didn't tune into this podcast to hear about breakfast. So we'll continue. Yes. All right. But Those hopefully now voices. you know our voices. We'll try to be more clear about who's speaking at any given time. Yes. yes. Yeah. So one last time. What's your name? Darshini. What's your name? Shama. And what's my name? Shamali. There yeah. we go. Nice. Okay. Right. If we need to, we can give you all nicknames. So it's not, you know, because we can call you Pranati because it's Shamali oh. Pranati. Okay. And oh, then, it's so confusing. No, I like Shamali. I can't even remember that. <laughs> I can't even remember okay, my okay. own okay. name. Uh, okay. Let's, let's, continue. Continue. let's move forward. Okay. Continue. All right. Okay. Chapter so, seven. Text number 24. Take it away. Priya Darshini. That will be her voice you hear. <laughs> 
unintelligent men who do not know me, Krishna, perfectly, think that I, Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Spog, Krishna, was <laughs> impersonal before and have now assumed this personality. Due to their small knowledge, they do not know my, Krishna's, higher nature, which is imperishable and supreme. Okay. Mm. So so if if we can do that like one sentence at a time, yeah. right? Yeah. So unintelligent men, he's saying stupid people. Right? <laughs> no, no. no. What is not, I mean, saying? not just stupid people. It's not about, <laughs> I, I, I don't think Krishna's trying to be mean at all. Mm. I think he's trying to say those that don't understand the... Uh, the reality that there's a supreme personality of Godhead, right? Right. Those who maybe worship demigods because they think like, oh, I just want to get whatever the thing I need, whether it's money, for whatever it is, right? So these less intelligent people once thought that Krishna was impersonal? They might think that he used to be impersonal and now he has a body because he's in the battlefield, right? Oh. Right. They might be like, oh, you know, like only right now you have a body. Right, right. Because it, in the purport is saying, Lord Krishna here... In this whole section and in the entire Bhagavad Gita, he's speaking to Arjuna in his own personal form, yet still because of confusion, ignorance, different reasons, impersonalists or people who don't think Krishna has a physical form still argue that Krishna has no form. Like he's this giant light or whatever they might think. They don't, it, it's very hard sometimes for people to accept God has a personal form. Divinity personal. has a personal form. Mm -hmm. You know, my mom used to say, that uh, both of my parents were raised within Catholicism, traveled the world on their spiritual search, found bhakti yoga, voila, answers to all our questions. Anyway, she used to say that when she first came into contact with the philosophy, one of her questions was, but how can we limit God, who's all expansive, to a personal form? Isn't that limiting him? But then you start realizing, like, the deeper you go into it, that, well... If we have a personal form, why wouldn't our source where we come from also have a personal form mm -hmm. where he's just going to be what? A boring, bland, big light? No. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. he can also be that, but he also has a personal form that we're trying to develop a loving relationship with. So this, this text, this purport basically unpacks that. So it's easier to connect to someone or something that has a similar form to us because we recognize it. We can understand how to love it where it's like hard to love the wind. You can't give uh, like the wind a hug or anything. You, you can't get too you deep. Try. You can really try. Right. But you can't get too deep, right? Because the more, I mean, it's just like any relationship, mm -hmm. right? If you have a relationship with nature, you can be like, wow, it makes me, it's so fulfilling. It's so amazing. Right. But how far does that go when you're not in nature? Right. True. Like, or like, how do you keep that momentum going? Whereas when we become Krishna conscious and we're always thinking about Krishna, it's like, oh, I'm about to eat something and oh, maybe I'll make Krishna's favorite right. sweet. Or like, there's always a way to remember because of so many things we know about him. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting people who come into this contact coming from, or come into this philosophy, coming from different paths might find it easier one way or another. Like I had a conversation with one of my friends and I was saying, yeah, for people who maybe come into this philosophy from the yoga crowd or from somewhere that they had didn't have a personal conception of God, for them, it might be easier to connect to the impersonal form, to his energy mm -hmm. and harder to connect to the personal form. And my friend was like, really, I find it easier to connect to the personal form and harder to connect to the, like mm -hmm. the energy. Same, out there. Right. So it all depends where you're coming mm -hmm. from, but we're trying to connect to God, to Krishna in a personal way. Cause like you said, Shama, that's how you can go even deeper when, when we're connecting to someone who is similar like us, but divine, you know, we yeah. have material bodies. He doesn't have a material, I think that's very important to clarify. He's not a person just like us in the sense of 
we have kind of like, you know, these gross bodies. That, does, yeah. Our bodies decay. Yeah, it doesn't. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and that brings us to the second part, right? Due to their small knowledge, their tiny, tiny brains, right? That's what <laughs> oh, Krishna's that, saying. That's Shama's words. They, <laughs> not Krishna's. And they, they do not know Krishna's <laughs> higher nature, which is imperishable and supreme. So right. again, it doesn't decay what you said. Yeah. Can I? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, also, I think this it's important to understand that this particular text is not about the connection that we have with Krishna, but rather uh, understanding his his existence, yeah, right? His personal it's like his form. personal form. It's not really about the connection aspect. It's about like, and 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 it it talks a little bit about this here. It's like you can conceptually understand that God exists and mm-hmm. still deny that he has a body. You right. can be super smart and still deny that God could even have a body, right? So right. he's saying like, there. If you don't want to see it, you won't. Right. Exactly. Yeah. If you don't want to see it, you won't. Like exactly. If, if you know, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. But totally. Yeah. So there are so many. What you were saying reminded me of like when I was in college, I read so many studies that under the psychology of it that you see kind of what you want to see, right? Yeah. Um. And you know, you can say if you there was more to what you no, wanted no, no, to say. No, no, no. Go for it. Go for it. Because there's actually for those who kind of seek the intellectual side, because, you know, they might think, really, God has a personal form? Sure. But there are two modern day arguments that kind of show God really does have, our source has a personal form. And I want to kind of break that down and and interrupt me if there's any like thoughts along the way. So two ways that now we encounter divinity are as the source and as the essence. So on one hand, this is called the cosmological argument for God. Where is this coming from? This is actually, I took a course, there's a teacher in our line, Keshav Maharaj, Mm -hmm. and he started breaking it down and talking about this in a very interesting way. Um, I can talk about So you're sharing his his thoughts. Yeah, but this is actually an actual modern day argument, not just from him. He was bringing it up in a very cool way, but modern day um, thinkers talk about this cosmological argument for God that talks about everything has their source from something else. So the cause of something living is always something living. Essentially, right. life comes from life, which is exactly what Krishna is saying here in the purport. Something with a form cannot come from something without a form. Without a form. So in a very yeah. simple term, that's the cosmological argument. So if we've never had the experience of something living coming from matter, then how can we assume that the original source of everything was matter, you know? So that's the first thing that Krishna is saying here, divinity as the source. So that's the cosmological argument. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I'm a, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're following. Yeah, you're doing we're following. Good. On the second hand, <laughs> then we also have divinity as the essence. So we've heard in the Gita, whenever you see beauty, opulence, incredible design, Krishna says, know that I am behind it. So today that the modern day argument for that is known as the teleo- teleological argument for God. Okay. I lost you. Go so, ahead. so I'm going to break it down. <laughs> so basically the tele- teleological argument for God is whenever there's design and order, there must be a designer and intelligence behind it because order Mm. does not come from disorder and beauty does not come from chaos. All these things have their source in a higher supreme intelligence. So basically Krishna is saying, when you look at the world, know that I'm the source and the essence. So those are the two arguments, the cosmological argument and the teleological argument that point towards, we come from a source who also is, uh, has a divine personality. So, so for like, I'm trying to think of a, another example. So like if you see a beautiful building, right, you know that there's an architect. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I love that example because that points towards, you know, Prabhupada, who we've talked about before, he was a saint in our line who brought all this knowledge here to the West, this ancient <coughs> knowledge. Prabhupada said under a similar example you just gave Shama, he said, 
by, he was looking at a flower once and he said, just by looking at this flower, you can become God conscious because just by seeing the beauty in and of itself in this world proves God. Cause how can there be beauty from matter, chaos, and randomness? Ooh. Mm. I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that a Super lot. Super cool. That's yeah. really cool. So the next time listeners that you go outside on a walk and you see the beauty that surrounds you, that's you're, you're going to realize, okay, not only does this come from God as the source, so this is all coming from God, but God is also the essence of it. This was all created by a higher intelligence who has a personal form because how could we possibly come from something without a form like mm. matter and chaos and randomness? I hope we're not coming from randomness. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of impossible. Think about just the human body, how children are born. If, if it was all that easy for us to do it ourselves, there would be children being right. born without humans. Right. <laughs> like in a weird way to put it that way, you know? <laughs> like through egg form. Yeah. Like the matrix right. or like, I don't know, some weird way. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Like, like, like humans laying eggs. What do you mean? Weird way. <laughs> um, you know, like in those sci-fi movies where they have like these containers and then there's like a oh. giant, like a baby being born into this like water. Water chamber. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I know what I'm talking about. But like that doesn't really exist. I Hello. hope. weird. <laughs> it's super random. <laughs> I know. I'm but just I'm saying. Into it. Like how could the human body be so incredibly efficient and useful to do all the things that it does? Like there's right. nothing that it has been recreated to be as capable. Right. And even people who live along what you're saying is a good yeah. point, Priya, because even people who say that, oh, scientists are nowadays learning how to create life, but they're using already the, they're not using dead matter. <laughs> they're using, they're the, using the building blocks yeah. from the source. With source. So they're not recreating anything from scratch. Right. And I just, I like these two arguments that when I heard him say it, Keisha March, I wanted to bring it up because some people, um, this enters, this ancient knowledge enters through different avenues in our mind. And some people, it can be really easy to accept and have faith. Yes, I believe in it. God right. is a person. And for others, they have a harder time conceptualizing it. If they're, I don't know, it has to enter through the intellect, through rational arguments. So when I heard these, I thought these are really good arguments to point mm -hmm. towards. Yeah. I mean, it's not just have faith, have faith. These things have a scientific basis. You know, Srila Prabhupada never said that this is actually a religion. This is a, a spiritual science mm -hmm. because it has a very deep foundation in scientific provable knowledge. I love that. That's so. really sweet. I, I also think there's another aspect of this purport that um, Prabhupada is really emphasizing mm -hmm. uh, through Krishna's words. He's saying that there's kind of a couple of requirements to really be able to understand Krishna. Yeah. And uh, one of those is to render devotional service mm -hmm. and then to start developing Krishna consciousness. Right. Yeah. So it's like, yes, we can understand all these facts, but it might actually be hard for us to grasp. Right. Even if we understand like mm. logistically, okay, you're saying there, there has to be a source in order for there to be us, in order for there to be the earth, in order for there to be nature, whatever, right? There needs to be like a place where it all comes from. Okay, fine. I understand that. But it might not mean that I understand Krishna. It yeah. might not mean that I fully uh, understand his position, who he is and what he means to me and what right. my, right? Like the whole constitutional relationship that we have. And so Prabhupada is basically saying that um, in order to really understand Krishna, we have to do devotional service right. and we have to start developing that Krishna consciousness where we're trying to learn more and have that uh, mood of serve, um, mood of, um, what is that? Like humility. And, yeah, uh, you know, exactly. Yeah. Because yeah, you're, I think you're saying something super important that I'm looking all of my highlights in the purport essentially talk about the points you're bringing up Priya, because Prabhupada says that 
It's only by mercy that we can yes, know Krishna, mercy. you know? And what you're saying about devotional service is the link. How can we get mercy? Through devotional service. Right. And so with this devotional service, we have to kind of have this, this don't knock until you try type of mentality where it's like we have to give this process the benefit of the doubt, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like we have to make this underlying assumption that, okay, let's say for instance, Krishna is God, right? Mm. And so let's just let's just take everything that he's saying as gospel for a second, right? And let's try to build this relationship, right? Let's try to chant his name. Let's try to offer things to him before we eat, right? Let's try to like offer flowers if we mm -hmm. see flowers on, on the road, right? Or like, let's try to give him water. Let's right. try to build that beautiful loving bond with him and see how that see how that goes because that's this, that's like the first step towards building that relationship. Yes. Exactly. I it, like, go ahead. We're going to say, we're going to say the same thing. Uh, yeah. It actually says the first step is by chanting the Maha Mantra. Right. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Krishna Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And you know, Sham, I was going to say, I like that you brought up the don't knock it till you try type of thing, because since this is a spiritual science, you have to give the experiment a try. It's mm -hmm. not scientific to ask for proof before doing an experiment. So you have to have an experience <laughs> beyond true. faith. Yeah. And that's actually something Keisha Maharaj brought up in this same thing where he was bringing out the arguments. I'm going to say it again. It's not scientific to ask for proof before doing an experiment. Mm. So we're doing the experiment of Krishna consciousness with yourself as kind of like the case study. Give yeah. it a try and then see yeah. Another cool thing that this purport talks about is this idea of Krishna being uh, <laughs> always existing, but at the same time, never really. Okay. So it says in the Gita, the Lord says that although he is unborn, he still appears. Mm. So this idea of like Krishna has always been, he will always be. And you know, the same as our souls, right? Satchitananda, right. full of eternal blissful knowledge. Um, but he still appeared in front of Arjuna. He appeared in that particular time, place and circumstance to deliver this message. Right. And he does that every so often. <laughs> I don't know exactly the amount of time. Right. But he does that every so often in, um, in different forms for different purposes. Like he came as Buddha to right. try to help people be less... Um, to establish the principles of ahimsa because yes. there's a lot of like animal sacrifice yes. right. and yes, yes, a yes. lot of violence happening during so that like time. Non so like non-violence yeah. was the main message. And he, so he comes usually to help right. people get closer to principles of mercy, kind, like all these wonderful qualities. Right. And so right. Um, he appears, but he's not really born. Yeah. He's not like He's us. always existed. His body never decays. It's a very... He's like a Thor or like, Ooh, a, nice. you know, like yeah. one of these like mythical superheroes right. kind like of types. Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> who's the one? I don't know anything about DC or Marvel or oh. any of that stuff that you guys are raving about, but who's <laughs> the one that just never dies? Well, okay. Wolverine never dies, but he was born. He was a human that became. So not like Wolverine. So not, not like quite like Wolverine. So the who, soul is like Wolverine. The for soul sure. is like Wolverine. Like you can keep never saying die. that. Yeah. I love that line. But like Superman. <laughs> Okay, okay. Except without any kryptonite. Oh, I like you know? that. Like Krishna's like Krishna is Superman without any kryptonite. Yeah, yeah. I'm into that. That's He's, hot. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. I, I can dig that. That's Anyway, cool. so that's another really cool part about this purport. It was just talking about Krishna never really being born, but he still appears. Yeah, and I think and, we'll get to that a little bit in, in the next verse as well. Okay, this, cool. This notion of unbornness. Mm. All right. Yeah. Should Anything we? Else? 
Okay. Uh, all right. Text number 25. I, this is Krishna talking. And I, this is uh, Shama Sangeeta talking. Okay, cool. <laughs> but that was Shama saying Shama Sangeeta. Oh, Krishna. Okay. Okay, stop. <laughs> Not confusing at all. I am never manifest to the foolish and unintelligent. For them, I am covered by my internal potency, and therefore they do not know that I am unborn and infallible. Wait. Mm. Oh, basically he's saying, he's like, I don't show up for the guys that don't understand. Right. That makes sense, right? Like, why would you want, like, like if you're going to, like, go on a date with somebody, like, why would you put on your best outfit if you know that person doesn't like you or and like, it's not interesting. Like, you know what I mean? Like right. he's not, not going to manifest yeah. to like the dummies, you know? You know, and if you Which think about it, I get it. How often do you yourself being the human being that you are think, I feel misunderstood. I feel someone doesn't know me. And I don't think we're as expansive and mysterious and lucrative as Krishna, the supreme <laughs> personality of Godhead. So what to speak of then? Someone like Krishna, is he going to be well known and understood by everybody? No. You know? In my mind, I just like <laughs> combine both of what y'all just said and like <laughs> imagine going on a date with Krishna oh and like he's God. sitting there in front of me and he's like, yeah, so like I created the universe and like... <laughs> And he's like, I mean, I can't really explain it all to you because it's really complicated, but like, you know, like cows, I made those two. And like, I don't know. I was just like, and you, I made you. I made you. Like, um, do you want to be my friend? I don't know. That was just my thought process. Oh, but it's true though. I mean, it's true. He would never like show himself to someone who is never going to have faith in him. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think it's also similar to, I, I don't know, maybe it's the wrong, wrong thing to bring up, but it's also similar to the idea of like, it's not really smart to argue with an atheist and maybe yeah. smart's not the right word, but it's just like, um, putting yourself in a position in which that person is really fighting. It's as foolish and unintelligent, meaning that they know that Krishna is God, but they were not willing to accept it mm -hmm. or they're willing to do other stuff, right? Like why fight with someone who's so headstrong about oh, yeah. some position? Rather, I think those people come naturally from different circumstances, right? Like there's different types of men and how they approach Krishna. So like yeah. maybe those, we're all foolish and unintelligent and have all been at one point or oh, another for real, yeah. in all the lives or even in this lifetime. So I think, yeah. 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 <laughs> I think yeah, Krishna's I, like saying like, well, let's agree to disagree, but like I, I won't, be in your life if yeah. you're gonna be like that you healthy boundaries healthy boundaries right. really healthy boundaries <laughs> right because it all depends because what you were saying Priya about atheist if, if someone is an atheist just because of I don't know different circumstances they've been through but they're still open-minded and open-hearted it's all about their what energy they're coming to it with you know yeah no, whether I, they're atheist or not if like you said if they're headstrong or if they're whatever just not even listening then just argumentative then yeah you can't really have an open dialogue yeah it's, it wasn't a criticism on atheist at <laughs> all it was more so about like the idea of like that argument would not be productive and therefore Krishna's like I'm not going to put myself in that situation right. in which you know that like we were saying the healthy boundaries and you know it's so interesting that someone might think that okay krishna did come down and manifest himself on earth however many thousands of years ago so then didn't people know who he was because here it's saying in the purport mm -hmm. then how can it be said that he was not manifest to everyone but actually he wasn't when krishna was present there was only a few people including the pandavas remember our this whole conversation is with right. one of the pandavas arjuna so only a very few people uh, in this time knew that he was Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It was the Pandavas and only a few others that knew him as God, mm, yeah, as the divine. I think for everyone else, he's Clark Kent. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Ooh, Christian's like, Clark Kent. They just don't see right. his full on thing. Like they don't see him. Like they're in the just uniform, like, saving people. Exactly. With, and especially right. in this position where he's just like Arjuna's cousin and he's just like, uh, uh, what is it called? Driving the chariot. Yeah. Like he's, he's not a chariot even, driver. He's not even trying he's to be cool like the cousin. main character at all. No, no, no. He's not main character energy right now. No, he's but like right. doing that on purpose. On purpose. Krishna's Clark Kent. Yeah. Okay. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. A lot of people just don't know he's Superman, basically. That's what the, the gist right. of what you were saying. Right. Yeah. And so that all ties back again to the mood that you approach it with, because they're saying he was manifested only to his devotees, meaning those people who have really surrendered to him to God. And he, he manifests himself to them as the reservoir of all pleasure, but to others... That those that maybe for different hangups, different reasons, their ego, they don't want to accept him. Then he was covered by his internal potency. Mm. So we've broken down Krishna's like external and internal potency. So it's so interesting. His internal potency covers almost like a veil of illusion that makes him inaccessible to so many other people who just aren't there yet. Because, you know, it's to the extent that you surrender and cultivate all those internal qualities that we can understand Krishna. And it's basically Krishna saying that these people, they don't know that he is unborn, right? Like they don't know that he's always been here. And I, right. I just Googled the definition of infallible. <laughs> Essentially it means to not someone who doesn't make mistakes. Right. Mm, yeah. So it's like someone who is, so they don't know that he's like this person that's always been there. Yeah. He will always be there. Yeah. And he is without mistake and without faults. Exactly. Perfect leader. And you know, what's interesting. Someone might feel like, okay, I, I, I'm open-minded. How come I haven't encountered the divine yet? Well, you know, there is a controller <laughs> behind everything. Just maybe you haven't encountered him yet. Doesn't mean he's not there. Mm -hmm. we, we're so minute in this vast universe. We haven't encountered most of what's out there. So I think maybe just leave a little wiggle room for like, okay, maybe there's a God there and I just haven't encountered him yet. You know, yeah. they're saying, oh, everything's just out of control. It just isn't true. There is a supreme controller and every little thing is happening for a reason. Yeah. And in the, in the grand scheme of like, oh, why can't I see Krishna? Um, well, he comes like every, I mean, like, he came 10,000 years ago, right? That's around the right number. No, no, no. 5,000 years ago. Five, I'm sorry. 5,000 years ago. And before that, it was like many, many before that. I don't yeah. know the exact numbers, but um, he's not coming physically anytime soon. Right. At least not for us a listening very long time. to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so, um, because we are at this time and place in, in the, you know how we were talking about Kali Yuga, right? Well, these Yugas, we're in Kali Yuga and there's a bunch of other ones, but in Kali Yuga, we have the great opportunity of coming closer to Krishna by chanting uh, the Maha Mantra, by doing service, by doing all these things. We still have opportunity for spirituality and connection. Yeah. Um, things are not yet as worse as they could be to a point where we need Krishna to kind of reset and help everyone kind of right. go back to a better place. And so um, you can see him through your heart. You can see him exactly through meditation. You can see him through different ways when you are very sincere and very connected and very consistent with your practice, but in a physical form that not in our lifetime. But that's an important point that you can, you can, even though he's not coming physically, you can interact with him in your heart, depending on how sincere oh, yeah. you are. Because then in this whole text, in this whole uh, chapter, actually, about Krishna as a person, we realize, okay, God is a person. And here the Gita is telling us, we learn what kind of characteristics, what kind of qualities we'll we can develop that will cause them to want to see us and to interact with us in a personal way. Mm. So rather than thinking, how can I see Krishna? Think, 
how can I yes. become the person that Krishna will want to see? That's yeah. the real key of it. That's you really know, beautiful. I've, th- I've heard that before and I thought it was really beautiful too. And yeah. um, I also think about it like in a material aspect of thinking about that. It's very true for anyone who's trying to aspire for a high goal, right? Like if you wanted to, I don't know, maybe this is not the right example, but if you wanted to meet a celebrity or meet someone of a high status, either you level up to be mm-hmm. in that status, to be around that person, right? In that circle. Or you do something great so that you're noticed. So like mm-hmm. either way, it's you uh, putting the effort to become a better version of yourself. Right. right? Yeah, so, right. And, you know, I think it's interesting also, one point is you see it in stages to uh, that are correlated to your own realization. So I, I want to quickly highlight a few stages. Number one, you see God as the source. I mentioned before the different arguments for that. Number two, you can see God as the essence of everything. So that kind of progresses a little. When I look at everything, I see God as the essence that connects to the teleological argument I had mentioned. Number three, then you start really seeing God's hand in everything and you see him as the controller of everything. Then you get to the stage, the fourth stage where you start seeing God as a person, as someone who's actually available, attentive, affectionate, and very active and present in my own life. So just because you might be at the first stage where, okay, I'm starting to see him as the source, but I have a hard time seeing him in a personal way, doesn't mean those other stages don't exist. So that's why then look at the lives of people who are ahead of you to draw that inspiration that it's just like a ladder that I'm going stepping up along the way to the point where I can see him as someone actively available and affectionate and cares about me in my own life. Mm -hmm. So I can go from kind of the end of the source to the very personal form. And I think the most fun part of Krishna consciousness, at least for me, is like that last stage that you just talked about, Shamali, is like seeing God as a person that Mm -hmm. you can like sing songs to or like have a chat with, or if you have a bad day, you can yell at this person, like, you know, have an argument with this person. Like, or like if you're having a great day, even if you're not, but like offering flowers or singing, like, I think the most fun comes from understanding that person is like something that you, someone you could really have a beautiful relationship with. Yeah. It's super fun. Exactly. With what you guys are saying about that fun side, my spiritual master, actually there's a whole YouTube video of a class he gave called the real adventure because he says everything in this realm in this material world is like chewing the chew it loses its flavor it loses its newness with a routine right you wake up the chew chewing the chewed it actually comes from uh i'm sure maybe our producer lord sir abhijit might know it comes from uh, in india when they would chew um something Uh, on Bon? Oh, I'm, I'm totally tobacco. forgetting. No, no, I don't know if tobacco, but they, they sugar chew cane. sugar cane. There we go. That's what I thought there it was. <laughs> and they chew it. Boy, because it gets very hot in the, in the summer. And well, it's I a refreshing know. and sweet. Right. Snack. And they chew it so much to the point where it loses its flavor. So that's like where that saying gum. come from. I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, modern day bubble gum. Yeah. Like modern day bubble gum. So essentially that saying is like for something that's repetitive, redundant, like what loses the routine flavor. is going to work. So material life is like that. It's like chewing the chewed, but spiritual life is where it actually gets interesting because there are these steps from going from source essence controller person that conception of God, and it becomes more and more and more interesting. It's kind of like, you know, when I used to ice skate in the beginning, you fall all the time. Every other second you're on the floor. It's not fun. It's very annoying. And okay, get back up, get back up. And then you start kind of getting the hang of it. And then the first time you land a jump or a triple is like this ecstatic high, like, oh my God, I just did it. So it's kind of like that. Like you start getting the hang of it, you know? Okay. So can I just say something on that? I did some stalking on YouTube and 
I looked up Shamali's figure skating. Did you actually? I really did. I really did. Because I was like, she keeps talking about figure skating. Like, how good was she actually? (laughs) Oh my God. I was blown away. You gotta show me. Like, you know those people at the Olympics that are doing all the the twirls, like 75 twirls before they land on the ice? (laughs) It was like immaculate like Aww. I didn't understand how good you were until you I saw up. those videos yeah that's so, so sweet I don't <laughs> even know what you were talking about before this but like your <laughs> videos were amazing oh so my good God, you're about you. to get a bunch of YouTube views yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ella let's, po- let's post it on uh, on Modern Yogi podcast nice. well, you know with the ice skating it's such a meditation and you can there's a lot of parallels with spiritual life because it's maybe not so fun in the beginning we sit to chant and meditate and our minds are all over the place and it's like really difficult. It's like swimming against the current. But the more you practice, the more you do it, as you get a little deeper in the river, then what'll happen automatically, the current will grab you and pull you back to Krishna. So like in ice skating, then you practice more and more. And I would fall a lot. I used to buy (laughs) gardening pads that, you know, you put on your knees and you cut them to shapes of your hip, shapes of different bones that you normally fall on and get like injuries. I mean, I have the joints of an 80 year old woman now, but anyway. (laughs) Uh, So yeah. Like do not recommend for anyone. (laughs) Yeah. So it does get fun as you go from that. Okay. Seeing him as the source, then the essence, then the controller, then the person, the personal form is very fun. And if you can stick with it long enough to get to that phase, it becomes exciting and really amazing. The ultimate adventure. The ultimate adventure. Sometimes I look at um, whether it's like my home deities or at the temple or just like whichever deities I have a connection with. And sometimes I'm like, oh, they look really happy. Like it feels, or like, oh, it feels like they're like, I don't know, like they're not so happy today. Or sometimes I'm like, Krishna, why are you looking at me like that? Yeah, like, yeah, like, why yeah. are you giving me that you're look? Like, did I do like, something wrong? I know. I feel like I did something wrong. Like I got to analyze real quick because I feel like you're looking at me weird today. <laughs> and obviously the deity's not changing their face, but you develop right. this relationship where you kind of, it's it's unexplicable, honestly. Like yeah. it's just this really cool thing where you feel like you have okay. a conversation, a connection, right. a, something there, right? So yeah. yeah. And I feel can that. I just say one thing that points towards the universal nature of the Bhagavad Gita and how can it, how it can apply apply so well to any aspect of your life. Cause we just mentioned the ice skating. So I might've said this before, but I just, it came back to my mind that whenever I would go through the pressure of competitions and being so nervous that you literally have a panel of like 10 judges with laptops in front with like these specialized computers that they can analyze every single frame, click by click that you do, I would get very, very nervous to the point where I couldn't even eat before a competition. And my mom would always talk to me about the Bhagavad Gita and how Arjuna was so nervous before the battlefield, he was having essentially a panic attack. And Krishna told him, just go out there, do your duty. And this has all already happened before. So similarly, mm-hmm. my mom would tell me, just go out and do your duty, do what you've practiced and let go of the results. The results are out of your control. So with the philosophy in mind, I would try to use that as my sports psychology and help myself manage the nerves of competition. And I feel like, I mean, that was one phase. That was only my ice skating phase. And in the next phase, in every single phase of my life, I've been able to extrapolate different teachings from the Bhagavad Gita and apply it. So it's relevant to all aspects of life. And you did your duty. Go check out Shamali on YouTube. Okay? <laughs> she is wonderful. She was doing triple yeah. axles and cannonballs and oh, whatever the terms are. I don't know what they are, but you were doing amazing oh, things. It was that's, really, really great. That's really sweet. Thank wonderful. You so that's much. really funny. I thought cannonballs were when you jump in a pool. Yeah, I did. that's a completely term that I just made up. That's <laughs> not a thing. Okay. But triple axle is a thing. Triple right? axle. I was there surprised when you said it. I was job. like, oh, look at you. I used to watch figure skating as a kid. Did you watch Blaze of Glory? Yeah, a little 
bit, a little bit of that. Yeah. yeah, but basically to kind of put it all together, Krishna in the last two texts was basically saying like, there's some people who kind of don't necessarily want to really get to know me and I kind of stay away. But um, yeah. for everyone else, I'm here. I am eternal. I have, I am unborn. I am infallible right either right. not making mistakes yeah he just does everything very correctly he right. is the supreme personality of godhead and we understand that with his mercy we can get to know him better and it yeah. takes chanting the maha mantra and it takes doing some service to deepen that connection so that we can get yeah. to that really personal relationship that we've been talking about yeah. where you really feel that connection with him yeah it's it really exciting you kind yes. of get a little glimpse you lift the veil to the other side and you realize whoa this path is so deep. And just to recap that one point that regardless of how this philosophy might enter your heart, whether it's really easy for you to have faith or not, the answers are all out there. Like I talked about the different arguments for the existence of God, everything has their source in something and life comes from life. And then the other argument that if you see design, order, beauty, it has to come from something that is a higher intelligence that contains in and of itself, those qualities you're looking at. So Nothing is random and chaotic and life cannot come from matter. Mm -hmm. So through whatever avenue this, this information enters your mind, there's something that covers all the bases. And if you look at it through the perspective of, hey, this is my opportunity to learn about God. And if you put it in the perspective of that being an adventure, yeah. what a cool adventure that is. What a yeah. cool adventure. And like you were saying, Shama Sangeeta, um, just give it a try. Don't, don't knock it till you try. Don't knock it till you try. <laughs> <laughs> just do the experiments and see what happens. Yeah. All right. Anything else, ladies, on this? I think that's a wrap up. Yeah. Okay. So for our next episode, we will be talking about chapter seven, text number 26. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. 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 See you next time. Hello, beautiful souls. If you like what you're hearing, please follow us on Instagram at Modern Yogi Podcast. And if you love what you're hearing, please make sure to share a link to our podcast at Modern Yogi Podcast with all your friends, families, and long lost cousins. And if you have any questions at all, send us a DM on Instagram at Modern Yogi Podcast and we'll be sure to get back to you. Thank you for listening to The, the Modern, Modern Yogi. Yogi.